Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home. Be inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Wow, does time fly when you're having a good time? I can't believe it's already like the end of July. But I'm so grateful to have this show, not only as um, wonderful, uplifting content, which we always say, but maybe content that could save a life, that could help someone. Tonight's show is all about that. The opioid epidemic, What You Don't Know Will Destroy Your Family and Your Life, is the name of the book by Scott H. Silverman. He's a 36-year recovering addict himself. He is a family navigator and helps anyone he can. His whole goal in life is to save anybody possible from addiction. A very, very important conversation you are not going to want to miss. And also, we're going to have something a little bit fun after that. Chef Lovely is here from her wonderful uh, cooking uh, show, and she's going to be talking about an egg dish contest that is going on, uh, believe it or not, on TikTok that you can involve your own neighborhood favorite eatery in and uh, possibly win something. So that's all coming up as well this hour. It's called The Way Home, but it's brought to you by Balance of Nature, fruits and veggies in a capsule. Now that is something that you really want to get addicted to, and that's fruits and vegetables in the best and purest form that you can get them. And Balance of Nature offers that. It's a wonderful product. It has been, not only have I been on it for almost 10 years now, uh, but my family has as well. It is uh, fruits and vegetables in it, like I said, purest form. And we think that we're getting a lot if we eat an apple or maybe have some broccoli for dinner, which is awesome. We need to do that. And taking Balance of Nature, you still should not um, leave fruits and vegetables out of your diet. You should have them in that form as well. But what Balance of Nature does is it sort of bridges the gap. When you have when you look back on your day and you're like, okay, well, I did have a pizza today and uh, maybe some coleslaw and, and that's it. And, and you're thinking that's not really 11 servings of pure fruits and vegetables. And our body needs that. It does. That is the the most incredible way to boost your immune system, to stave off uh, different sicknesses and and colds and and things like that. The way to do it is with pure fruits and vegetables. And you can get it now in its nicest, greatest form. Uh, That's the easiest to get down because uh, cutting up all those fruits and vegetables on a daily basis 31 servings that you get with Balance of Nature is not as easy as it sounds, and it's super expensive too. So taking Balance of Nature is a way to make it easier on yourself, both in your wallet and uh, in your refrigerator. And not throwing, if you're like me, you go to the supermarket, you buy all these things, you've got great intentions, and then the next thing you know, you find things at the bottom of the, the vegetable drawer, and you haven't eaten them, and you've got to throw them away. Balance of Nature is a wonderful way to stop that and continue getting all the nutrition you need. Go to balanceofnature.com, balanceofnature.com, or call them at 800-2468-751, 800-2468-751. Either way you order at balanceofnature.com or the phone number, put the word Laura into the promo code, and that way they know that you heard it here on the way home. They support this programming, and I hope you do as well and get 35% off your your first preferred order if you do put Laura into the promo code and you'll get free shipping as well it's the best way to order balance of nature when we come back Scott H. Silverman with an incredibly important topic the opioid epidemic 
He's got some solutions. He has a wonderful book and so much information. It's on the way, on the way home. Don't go away. Balance of Nature's Fruits and Vegetables in a Capsule, Changing the World One Life at a Time. I went to my dentist, and my dentist goes, oh, your gums are so good now. And I said, well, I'm taking this stuff called Balance of Nature. And she pulls out a bottle. <laughs> and she goes, oh, you want some? And they were all hooked on it. it it's, it's really good. I have cut down on supplements so much uh, with this because it's giving me a balance, and I can tell it. And I can really definitely see a difference in energy, stamina, and I'm sure that if that's doing better, the inside of me is doing better. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code LARA. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, I often have a very uplifting and happy topics and guests, but once in a while it comes a time when you think that you need to really, truly do something that could potentially save a life. It's so crucial. It's so important that sometimes you have to have the hard conversations. And today I have a guest on who is a 36-year recovering addict. He works as a crisis coach, a family navigator. And throughout the U.S., he's got a second book that just came out. It's called The Opioid Epidemic. And being that we have been just so focused on the pandemic for the last year and a half or so, this is an epidemic that's been ongoing for so long to such a degree um, that I think what has happened is we have kind of moved our focus off of it, but it needs to be discussed and you need to know where you can go for support should anybody that you know and love is going through some type of a crisis or addiction. Scott H. Silverman is here today, and I'm so grateful. He has such insight, so much uh, to offer and support as well, and someone that your family can turn to if you're in trouble. Scott, thank you so much for joining us today on the way home. Laura, thank you so much for having me. And I will try to make this as uplifting as I can, because the good news is there's always hope and help. And I, I, let's start with that. So people know there is hope, there is help. And, you know, when it comes to addiction, self-medication, it's all treatable. So it's one of those kind of things. We don't have a vaccination for it yet, but we certainly have a lot of modalities and methods and professionals out there that can be a resource to families and their loved ones. Absolutely. And you being um, a recovering addict, 36 years um, sober and clean uh, from it, you have firsthand experience in this, not to mention all the all the science and research that has gone into what you do. Um, It's so frightening when I when I read in the book that 200 people are dying a day from this. How long has that been going on? And uh, does the world, does the government, does, um, does the medical profession, do they know these statistics? Is it really 200 people a day? Actually, uh, Laura, it's not. It's now. You ready for this? When I The book took me approximately three years to put together, you know, the opioid epidemic, and pretty much just launched about five weeks ago, the end of May, going to June. And the data that was accrued from that 200 figure came from last year. Now, according to the CDC, 
all right? And when you add up the annual number and divide it by the 365 days in the year, that number is now 240 per day, per day that are overdosing and dying, not just overdosing, but overdosing and expiring, if you will, uh, on a on a daily basis throughout the country. So that's a national figure. But when you think about that number, because people are like, well, you know, it doesn't seem, it is a plane crash. Think about that. If you and I were to get on a plane and something happened and we didn't do anything other than crash, we're gone. And that's a permanent situation, clearly. So 240 people a day. So the second part of the question is, I like to use the term, who cares? Well, everyone cares. I mean, and of course, the people that have lost a loved one, I mean, the trickle-down effect, if you add up the numbers, it's you know close to 90,000 a year. Someone's going to do the math and they'll let us know uh, what that comes up to. And, and it's up nearly 26% from a year ago. So if you extrapolate that number, you factor in the pandemic going into 2000, you know, finishing 2021 and 20, going into 2022, that number is going to continue to go up because it's not going down. So what's happening is we're in this unfortunate tsunami. And with the pandemic, the way it's been, it's pretty much taken, you know, the front and center of every, you know, healthcare provider and healthcare expert and, and nationally. So my biggest concern is what's going to be happening on a go forward basis and how we help our loved ones get access to treatment and support and get the best level of care they can and help educate and inform the families, because that's the hard part. And the fact that we're even talking about this today, like this in this platform, probably five years ago, you would never even had me on because it wouldn't be something that we want to talk about because it's part of the stigma. We, if we don't talk about it, it won't exist. But it's kind of like diabetes. It, it, some people get it, some people don't, and it's treatable. And so is the disease of addiction. And that that is that is the good news. So um, yep. the fact that it's treatable and that there's support. And in fact, I did not give the name of your whole book, which is actually the opioid ed- epidemic. What you don't know will destroy your family and your life. That's the scary part. And, you know, just literally this uh, a couple of weeks ago. I was getting my nails done with this wonderful lady at the salon and we were talking and, and this and that. And I don't know how it came up, but oh, she said it was a hard year. And she talked about somebody in her family who had passed away and somebody. And then she said, and my son passed away in January. And I, I just took my breath away because here she was sitting there at work, a lovely lady, young, beautiful, bright. And, and, and she said her son died in January. So I asked why, and it was an overdose and he was only 24. He was Gorgeous. She showed me a picture, just handsome as all can be, very creative, talented, writing music. And to see her, she just started crying and couldn't stop. And, you know, you could tell she was uncomfortable because here we are. And she was in her work setting and I'm getting my nails, you know, polished or whatever. But God bless her. And I thought, you know, this back in the day, I remember growing up and seeing pictures of the hippies in the 60s that were strung out, you know, doing heroin and stuff like that. And it just seems so remote and far away from my life. It didn't it, it just was like, well, that that happens to only a fringe type of person. But it's not that anymore. I live in the Midwest now where it's just such a terrible phenomenon, um, as you said. And it is an epidemic. It is not just you know, a random once, once in a while thing. It's an epidemic. So there's so many ways um, how we can talk about um, to, to try to support families right now. Maybe they're, you know, what do, what do people, people should read your book, whether they're, 
they have their family struggling in addiction or not, I think, because forewarned is forearmed. Is that what they say? Um, to read the opioid epidemic, it's so full of information about what what are the signs? Uh, what are the different drugs that are out there right now? I mean, right now, it's just such a there are so many people that are being diagnosed with something that they're being prescribed these things. So it's coming in through ways that, you know, from your own doctor over prescribing these things, where we, where do we even start? I don't know where to start Scott Silverman, but, but please, you know, jump in and, and just start with what you think we need to know. Okay. Every time I hear someone say my name like that in, you know, in a sentence, I feel like I'm in trouble. I have to give a really uh, superior answer. So, but that's, that's just my own, you know, catastrophic thinking. And, and a lot of it comes from the work I do because it's amazing when you think about it. Um, but here's what's happening today. It's kind of unique. I'm going to add a, just give a couple of nuggets and then a couple of suggestions. And here's the scary part. Marijuana, we're in California, marijuana is legal here. And, you know, and I'm not one of those people that believe in that campaign, just say no work because it didn't. Mm-hmm. I also believe in the study show it did. And, the, and the, the show scared straight. The study showed that didn't, uh, you know, really have a positive impact on anybody. Scared people for a minute, but that was it. So people would hide more of what they're doing. So marijuana is one of those things that, you know, most kids say, well, you know, <clears throat> it comes from God's green earth. It's an herb. It's natural. And it's legal now. Well, in my day, when I was smoking marijuana, I'm 67. So back in the 70s and 60s, marijuana had about 3% THC. Okay, today, cannabis marijuana has about up to 95% THC. What? So when you think about how potent it is today, that's the big issue. Number one. Number two, methamphetamine. I think we were talking before we got started in certain parts of the country, and we know about it in San Diego because we were the methamphetamine capital for decades because we were so close to the border and there are a lot of labs, people were making it. And you know, that's stopped now because in Mexico, they call them the super labs. They can make methamphetamine so inexpensively, there's no reason to try to do it at your own home or garage or take the risk. So methamphetamine, you know, 10 years ago was about uh, approximately, let's just say $11,000 for a pound. And it was about 10% pure. Now you can get methamphetamine, okay? Easily on the dark web, talk to somebody, they'll get it delivered and maybe have it shipped to your home through the USPS if you know the right people. That same pound is about $1,100, so it's 10 times less and it's 10 times more potent. So that's part of the education piece because kids are going to do what kids are going to do no matter where they are in the world, no matter their you know, economic level is, what zip code they live in, you know, what their status is or isn't. You know, so the education piece, and this is part of the solution, the prevention piece and being informed, because if if I told you what you're taking could potentially kill you and you're 17, 18, 19 years old, first of all, you're not going to believe me. OK, but if you go on the Internet and you check it out, if you will, Instagram, it doesn't really matter what modality you're looking at. Facebook, you can see the data. Just Google it. And then getting into, you know, opioids, if you will, because that's one of the biggest issues right now in the country the accidental overdose, and I didn't believe what that was, you know, eight years ago, and I heard that first time, accident, who accidentally overdoses? Well, what I've learned is, if you take something like, let's say, Xanax, counterfeit medication that you stole from grandma's, you know, medicine cabinet, and, and, and or somebody made it look like Xanax, and they put fentanyl in it, and I'd be willing to bet dollars to donors, this person that was doing your nails, her son, 
and you know, and I hear from families all the time as a crisis interventionist that my son, my daughter, they never had a problem. We never saw them drunk. Well, they were at this party and there's a, they call them Skittle parties now where yeah. kids bring stuff to a party, put it in a bowl at a certain time of the night, everybody goes to the bowl and grabs something out of it. Well, if it's counterfeit Xanax and it has fentanyl in it, you know, and there's no quality assurance to black market drugs. And you've already had a couple of beers and maybe smoked the joint and maybe you're on Adderall for college, whatever it might be, or anti-anxiety medication. And you put the two of them together. It's potentially going to kill you. So to me, that's not even an overdose. That is a poisoning when you think about it. And the people that manufacture these drugs, the fentanyls, the illegal drugs, it's good for business when people expire because it makes the press. So that's my competitor. That's what I'm up against. So when people say to me, Scott, you know, that's a horrible story. It is the truth. It's not my truth. It's the truth. Check it out for yourself. So at least if you're going to make a decision that you want to party, make sure it's informed. I mean, would you get in a car with no headlights, knowing that you're going to have to drive on the freeway at 65 miles an hour? Would you risk that? Would you bend down and pick up a snake if you thought it was poisonous? No, and the reason is you're informed. So that's what I'd like to talk about is being informed. Right. A lot of these kids, though, being informed isn't the issue for them. It's just being, you know, they're reckless. They're a little reckless. It's kind of like edgy and um, maybe they're, you know, they've been okay thus far. Nothing terrible has happened to them yet. So they're a little bit more reckless. They might put their hand into that so-called Skittle Bowl and come out with something that they weren't aware of, but, but they're taking chances. And I think most of the people and most of the kids know that they're taking a chance these days. They've been told about the fentanyl um, that's being slipped into a bunch of things, but they're just kind of turning their head to it. When you mentioned um, marijuana now being 95% THC in it. So yes, that's a big deal. My parents have always been, um, you know, they come, they're in their eighties now, but when they, they talk about marijuana, they would talk about it with my daughter. Um, and they would say, you should never smoke that because then that'll lead to bigger drugs. And my daughter would roll her eyes and say, oh, come on. No, just because you're smoking marijuana doesn't mean you're going to go on to do heroin. But with the level of the drug and, and the potency of it at this point in time, uh, Scott, is it does it potentially lead to harder drugs? Because does it? Uh, that's just a question. Okay, is no, my daughter I, I, wrong? <laughs> no, you, well, your daughter is is taking the organic position. That's nuts. That's And that's probably a common response. It's simply because they haven't lived long enough yet and they haven't seen it. But if you were to go to the average 17-year-old in this country right now, I don't care what neighborhood, you pick it, you know, from, and, and I don't even want to name states because I don't want to put a label on anybody, but Pick a 17-year-old. I mean, if you were to just put out on Facebook, any 17-year-olds today, you know, July 2021, know anyone who has overdosed and died or nearly died or crashed under with a DUI, driving under the influence, or been an impaired driver, or have lost a loved one, a family member, a schoolmate, a buddy, a sports person, a neighbor, I'd be willing to bet, based on the statistics, each and every one of them would say, you know, I do know someone that's happened to so that in its own right from five years ago is a huge uh, pivot. So, you know, there's science around is marijuana gateway drug. 
is marijuana not a gateway drug? Here's what I know. If, if, if you're predisposed like I am, and right now 15%, and I have this in my book, 15% of our country has individuals will have some sort of eruption with an addiction over the next 12 months, 15%. So that number is pretty significant if you take the 330 million, 15%. And those are people just like those who have diabetes, meaning that they suffer from this addiction, this disease, this allergy, whatever you want to call it. It's not a moral failing. And if you're one of those people, the odds are if you loved the way you feel on marijuana and you can't find a way to stop doing it and your body builds up a tolerance, the probability and the evidence and the science shows you're going to probably want to elevate that mood-altering state. Now, the only way to do that is to find something else to mix with it or do it more often and do more of it. But eventually the body, you know, levels off and you need to put something else in your body. And all the experts will tell you, I've heard this from people who get arrested. I've heard it from the court system. I've heard it from the jails. Most people who admit to, let's say, consuming methamphetamine in San Diego, for example, 95% of the people arrested are under the influence of something mood altering. Okay, whether it be alcohol, illicit drugs, prescription drugs. And of those, about 70% right now in our arena are on methamphetamine or have it in their system when they're being tested. So that being said, you know, and they've all admitted to smoking marijuana. That was what the, that's what got them into the mood altering state first, maybe drinking first and then marijuana experimentation, and then moving on from there. So it's kind of a trajectory that most people that are predisposed and have this allergy, if you will, uh, because look, I'm, I'm a recovering addict, alcoholic. You give me something that I like, I'm going to want to do more of it. And on the other hand, I also, when people told me, you know, this could kill you, I would laugh. Well, drinking and driving, Scott, what if you get an accident? I drive, my answer, I drive better when I'm drunk. That was my response to people in my teens. Mm-hmm. And that was a long time ago. You know, yes. I, Scott H. Silverman, uh, the author of The Opioid Epidemic What You Don't Know Will Destroy Your Family and Your Life. Such important information you should get your hands on because the whole point is to save lives. And if you don't mind, would you mind coming back after the break for a few more minutes? I, I'd like to talk a little bit about what you could possibly say with all your your information that you have, what could be helpful uh, in preventing, and then also the support that you offer personally uh, to addicts and how that works um, to give people hope in case they're struggling with uh, it themselves or someone that they love. Would you mind coming back? I'm right here. All right. This is The Way Home with Laura Smith. We'll be right back with Scott H. Silverman, The Opioid Epidemic. And uh, we're going to get some very, very important information when we come back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Such an interesting and important conversation to be had. Not always pleasant, um, but definitely crucial. The Opioid Epidemic is the name of the book. The Opioid Epidemic, What You Don't Know Will Destroy Your Family and Your Life. Get your hands on it. It is full of information that can help you, hopefully, and your family or anyone that you love that might be struggling with addiction or maybe might end up there at some point. You want this information. Scott, 
H. Silverman is here for everyone. He wants to help people. He's 36 year recovering addict and he's written these books and he's also, uh, he's a family navigator. He's going to explain what that is. Scott, talk to us about uh, being a family navigator. What does that mean? And how is it that you can help families who maybe are struggling already or, or haven't yet, but they might find themselves there one day Tell us everything that you do uh, to help families and support them. Okay. Well, and and thanks, Laura. It's really nice to be here and appreciate the opportunity to have this candid conversation. Um, We we shared not the most uplifting, but the uplifting part is, you know, we're here talking about it and there is hope and there is help. So normally what I find is when a family calls me in crisis, uh, the analogy I like is they've got a squirt gun and they're trying to put out a forest fire. Mm Mm-hmm. You can't squeeze the trigger fast enough and, and you can't put the forest fire out without the right skills and without the team and without, without the experts. This, this disease of addiction is that. It's an, it's an addiction. People are allergic to these medications and people that are self-medicating, you know, they don't consciously wake up each day and say, hey, I'm going to do everything I can to try to kill myself today. That is not their plan. So with families, what I try to do is get them to breathe in and out to calm down and to understand this is not their fault. It's not not something that they did or didn't do or should do or could do, but they need to get informed. I mean, you're driving down the freeway, you have a flat tire. You don't pull over to the side of the road and pick up a, you know, your phone and look at a YouTube and how to change a flat tire. You could try, but normally you call an expert who comes and tows your cars and gets it to the tire place and gets it fixed. And that's a simplified example of what it is I do. As a family crisis coach that does family navigating and interventions, what I try to do is help the family uh, sit down, assess what's going on, give them some guidance, answer their questions, and give them some expertise around what next steps look like when it comes to making the right and appropriate decisions. So what, what that means is when a family doesn't know what to do, which most don't, What I try to do is ask their key questions, get to the bottom of what's happening, and then try to remove the emotion from the panic and the fear, and then make the strategic decisions with them to guide the child. Now, sometimes the child's in the conversation, sometimes the child's being spoken to. And I say child, it can be anywhere from 17. My most recent child referral was 63 from a a mother who said, my son just won't stop drinking, you know, and I, and I said, how old is he? And she says, 63. I said, well, that's going to be, he's almost my age. That's, this will be fun. So that's, I blend it that way. And then what I do is get involved as formally engaged as a coach and as a family navigator. And then we, we diagnose what's going on. We talk with the family members. We find out where their best friends are, where the dogs may lie, you know, and what's behind the curtain. And then we come up with a strategy with, I call options and opportunities to get their loved one to the highest and best level of care as quickly as possible. And and that coaching can be done anytime. And my phone number, by the way, is 619-993-2738-619-993-2738. It's actually in the very first page of the book because I want people to call me. People think I'm nuts putting my number out there, but I want to help save lives. And, you know, and if somebody calls me and we talk, it doesn't matter where you live in the world, call me anytime. When I go to sleep, my phone's in another room and the ringer's off, but you leave me a voicemail and I'll get back to you. Or just go onto my crisis coaching site. There's tips and tricks there, if you will, and some Q&A, and we'll be developing a lot more curriculum as we go down the road. But just know this. If you don't know what to do with this circumstance, you're not alone and you shouldn't even try. 
ask for help. Three of the hardest words in the English language is I need help. Mm -hmm. But the most important, uh, your website for people who um, want to go there and find your phone number and your books and all your information and your tips, yourcrisiscoach.com, yourcrisiscoach.com. Scott, how is it? um, Have you done a lot of research in terms of what could possibly prevent somebody from from starting down that road or is that just is it too varied is it just it's too vast or can do you see some some trends of families who who end up coming out with kids who don't you know try the drug scene and do that is there something that we can do as a as families to when we're raising our kids that might be able to help mitigate that from ever happening well, put them in a dark room with a light on and never leave, let them leave the house. Unfortunately, with the information highway, with kids, with contemporaries, you know, the peer pressure is going to be there. I think the most important thing a parent can do seriously is, as they're raising their children, make part of the conversation of life's lessons this, of being informed, thinking about doing something before you actually do it, and understand that there are consequences if you're not processing things effectively. And as they go through their maturation rate, um, find different ways to keep that relationship open, build those bridges. And, you know, for, for most parents, the hardest part is to listen because they want to exude the advice that they were given by their parents, because that's organic. Most of us emulate what our parents do at a young age. So when you're talking to a 16 year old, that's been inappropriately acting out behaviorally for years and that, and you're frustrated and you're anxious and you're trying to put that fire out with a squirt gun, they're not going to hear you. And if they, if you call them on it and you try to get punitive with them and you try to take that kind of action, they're going to go down the rabbit hole. They're going to hide it even better. And that makes it even tougher with a child. And then today, because of the accidental overdosing, you really have to make sure that your children understand it because kids are going to, they're going to go to school. They're going to hopefully, you know, complete school. They're going to go off to college. They may relocate. I mean, I think you said you're moving again soon. So you may have a whole new sphere of influence where you go that if you know, if you have young children you're taking with you, you know, you go to a community and like, Oh my God, what is going on here? These are, this is a fast moving crowd. Boy, they're sophisticated. Or you go out to a rural area where people are making their own medication that they got on the dark web. So it doesn't really matter where you go. So it's what happens at home. The studies have shown, and I've only heard this from experts, that if you can sit down with your child three times a week at a meal, usually dinner, and kind of go around and check in. And you don't, you don't go around and check in. Because in my family, when a family business, my dad would come and in office memos, he'd read at dinner table. And then we'd have polling of what our next steps might be operationally to improve the bottom line and help improve customer service. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being a family. Have the kids set their phones down. You set your phone down. Put them in a basket for 30 minutes and just check in. And what I mean by that is, how's your day going? And then shut up. Not how's your day going? Did you get that grade? You Just ask the question and then be quiet and listen. 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 It's so powerful and so yep. important. You're absolutely right. It takes me to back to uh, 
that movie Almost Famous and Frances McDormand played the mother of that young kid who was going off with the bands and writing for Rolling Stone magazine. I think it was loosely based on something kind of uh, true. But every time he would walk out the door, she'd say she'd yell, don't do drugs. And I just, you know, even that it, it, to be able to communicate with your kids. The, the messaging now is different, as you said, because now there is a lot of death that's associated with doing drugs. It used to be don't do drugs. They're bad for you. Now it's don't do drugs because you could end up dead. And that's a that's a different thing. And kids do need to hear that. And um, and also understand. Let me interrupt you, Laura. Also understand what that means, because. When you and I talk to each other, because we're, we're, you know, at a certain level of understanding, we may have a, a different meaning of what that means. Because most kids, as you were saying earlier, I think the word I like is they're, they think they're invincible and, and they're, they're basically bulletproof and nothing can hurt them. And, you know, why would I do that, mom? I mean, I'm not stupid. Well, no, we're not saying you're stupid. But if you were at a party and there was a bowl of stuff and everyone was taking something, how would you approach that? And then listen to what the answer is because that will tell you what next question should be rather than giving them a list i remember when as a kid going out my mom used to give me a list of things not to do it's like are you kidding me i i you know then i one day i recorded it and i had the list so you know when i came back i reported into her you know and then she says, is that marijuana i smell on your breath i said mom you're insatiable i'm not perfect you know and we'd argue about it and this was a long time ago yeah you you were saved. Did you go through a 12-step program? How did you've been recovering for 36 years? You're clean. What what method did you use all those many years ago? Well, it, it started out with the uh, attempted suicide, which was kind of a motivating factor. Um, and I had some divine intervention and luckily didn't jump off the roof. And then uh, I was in New York on business in a blackout week of drinking. And it was pretty horrible. Um, called my wife that morning and I said, I'm ready. And she made some phone calls. I came home Friday night, told my family what's been going on. It's checked into rehab on Saturday. And I did that 28 day, you know, traditional inpatient program, learned about, you know, the anonymous programs. And I uh, volunteered there for four years and I went to meetings every day for, you know, gosh, forever. And I still go to four meetings a week in my own personal recovery. Um, because I just, I have this disease and if I don't manage or get help and support from others who help me manage my feelings, um, and and, you know, this disease of addiction, a lot of it's denial, uh, and the inability to feel feelings. So, and that's something you can build back up, but in many ways, a lot of it's just kind of not there, which is why the triggers are there that may not exist for others. And on earlier, I talked about a statistic about how 15% of the country, uh, is going to have an explosive addiction issue, but each person who walks around who has that is part of that fifteen percent is impaired or will be acting out. They impact seven people every day negatively every day, whether it be through you know incoherency or, or being uh, you know hungover or being impaired or being you know not thoughtful or just acting out or getting behind the wheel of a car. So when you think about that, that's 85% of our population that's impacted, infected by this. So our, our government, our leadership, our communities need to take and make this a very high priority, especially with the outcomes we've seen this last year with suicides, domestic violence, and child abuse because of what happened with the, you know, with the pandemic, because people don't cope very well and practicing self-care 
people need to learn about that. That's right. And it's not just a, a thing with teenagers. This is for adults also, prescription meds and things like that. It's it's really the most important conversation and books that you will read in a long time. It's called The Opioid Epidemic, What You Don't Know Will Destroy Your Family and Your Life. Make sure you get your hands on it because that's the last thing that anybody wants that's listening to this, I know for sure. Scott H. Silverman, thank you so much for your expertise. Thank you for offering to be there for anybody that's listening right now that may be dealing with um, either themselves or someone they love that's uh, dealing with some type of addiction and it's dangerous. The website is yourcrisiscoach.com, yourcrisiscoach.com. And uh, you gave a a phone number before. Why don't you give it one more time? People can call you up. That's how available you are to help them navigate through addiction. What's the number? I'm one of those few people I see an unknown number in my phone. I'm excited because it could be a way to help a family. 619-993-2738. I dare people to call me. Whatever you're thinking, make the call. We'll figure it out. All right. Once again, The website is yourcrisiscoach.com. The book is The Opioid Epidemic by Scott H. Silverman. Get your hands on it. So important. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Way Home. Hi, I'm Laura Smith, and here's a minute of purpose, improving your life 60 seconds at a time. Who needs grocery stores when you can grow your own vegetables indoors? Yes, it's possible, even in a small space. All you need is sunlight, water, soil, and containers. These veggies are super easy to grow inside. Start with herbs or leafy greens like kale, spinach, or arugula. Carrots, celery, even potatoes, beets, and onions are other easy choices. As for the containers, let them reflect your own style. There are even folks who grow their indoor crops in burlap sacks. Just remember to have proper drainage like gravel or marbles underneath. Besides nutrition and saving some money, growing vegetables indoors will also add improved air quality to your space. There are easy tutorials online. So embrace your inner farmer and give it a try. This has been your Minute of Purpose. Find more at nowwithpurpose.com. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, I don't know about you, but for me, one of the first things I did when restrictions lifted um, after the worst part of the pandemic was I ran to my first local restaurant and I have been eating out ever since. There was That was probably one of the very hardest things for me. I enjoy eating out so much. Well, interestingly enough, about 28% of consumers said that they're eating in restaurants less since the pandemic. And I'm sure there's varying reasons why and different parts of the country where that's happening. So TikTokers across the country are partnering with America's egg farmers to ignite an egg dish challenge to try to get people back into restaurants, eat more eggs. And there's not nobody better to help us out with this who's going to be a very big part of it. Chef Lovely, she is the celebrity chef and host of Lovely Bites on the Oprah Winfrey uh, channel and TikTok. So grateful to have you, Chef Lovely. Thank you for joining us today on the way home. Thank you for having me, Laura. I really appreciate this. This sounds like a lot of fun. It sounds like a way for anybody who has a local favorite restaurant to get involved. And then there's money to be had for our local restaurants in in our towns. Tell us all about the hashtag Egg Dish Challenge. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the American Egg Board and I um, have teamed up to, like you said, support local restaurants and get Americans back out to eat. So this egg dish challenge is right on time. Really easy three steps here. If you want to join this egg dish challenge, go to your favorite local restaurant, create and share a short video on TikTok using the hashtag egg dish challenge and show off the best egg dish in your city. And 76% of Americans, they said that they wanted to do something to help their favorite local restaurant. So this is a great way of doing so. Every restaurant that is going to be tagged in a TikTok with the hashtag egg dish challenge will be entered for a chance to be granted one of 10 $10,000 donations to help them get back on their feet. So this is important to give back to our local restaurants and enjoy the incredible egg. It's so nutritious and delicious and versatile and affordable. It's a great, easy, fun way to, to do all of those things. I personally, I'm a huge egg um, lover and I get my eggs from a local Amish woman and I eat them every day because I learned a long time ago, I spoke to several holistic practitioners of health and doctors, and every one of them say that eggs are really, really good for you. That whole thing, like back in the 90s and 80s about cholesterol and stuff like that, that was really, they have found so much since then. And eggs are an amazing source of protein um, for people. So I'm so excited about the fact that there is an emphasis on eggs with the egg dish challenge. Now, Tell me this, do, when you go to your uh, local restaurant and you make your TikTok video, does it have to be a dish that already the restaurant serves or can they make up something on the spot there to try to win the $10,000? Uh, you know what? If any chef or restaurant are daring enough to create a recipe right there on the spot, then I fully support that. As a professional chef, I love a good challenge as well. But yeah, whatever your favorite egg dish is, highlight that. If it's something new and exciting that you just fell in love with, go ahead and show that video as well. And don't forget to use that hashtag egg dish challenge. Yes, hashtag egg dish challenge. Uh, Chef Lovely, real quick, what is your favorite egg dish? I'd be, I'd be interested in knowing. I love eggs Benedict. I love that it's versatile. I love a toasted English muffin. My mom likes to make them from scratch. So I have a special place in my heart for an English muffin. And then the star of the show, two poached eggs. The eggs are creamy and rich. It's all about that liquid gold. It just adds a, a burst of flavor and velvety consistency right on top of the eggs Benedict. So that's definitely one of my favorites. Absolutely. I think a lot of people would agree with you, although I'm really into the avocado smash with, with a fried egg on top. That's my new favorite. But celebrity chef and host of Lovely Bites, Chef Lovely, it is so nice to hear from you. And once again, for people to get involved, this is TikTok. Uh, to ignite it, you go to you hashtag egg dish challenge, go to your favorite local restaurant, have them uh, show your favorite egg dish. And you can be entered to win one of 10 $10,000 prizes. It's so exciting. Chef Lovely, thank you so much. This sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. And if you need any additional information, you can also visit IncredibleEgg.org. I love it. IncredibleEgg.org. Thanks, Chef Lovely. Thank you, Laura. Take care.
We'll be back. This is the way home. Don't go away. Balance of Nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I tell people about this all the time. I'm sleeping better. My joints don't ache. I have way more energy. I can't explain it. This stuff is working. It's amazing. It really is. The energy and the clear-headed thinking it gives you is very noteworthy. The stuff really does work, and it's amazing. It gives you energy. It gives you a lot of energy, and I think it's also pretty good for immunity. I really believe that. So great product. I'm going to continue to use it, you know, forever. It's good stuff. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Start your journey to better health today by calling 1-800-2468-751. That's 800-2468-751. Or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code Laura. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, it's been quite a show tonight and one that has had a very deep topic and uh, also uh, something fun with Chef Lovely. But uh, that's the program. It's my goal every week to bring you information and content that not only helps you, but makes you feel better, too. And um, so I hope that having Scott Silverman on tonight um, and offering his services, truly, he gave his phone number out during the interview. He wants anybody uh, to know that he is available to help uh, if someone is struggling with addiction or they fear that someone in their family is. He is an incredible resource, and I just want to put that out there again. The book is The Opioid Epidemic. We're grateful to him. Now uh, it's the point of the show where we like to really, really uplift you with some good news, a wonderful story that our guru of good news has found out in the vast interweb of life. And uh, my wonderful engineer is here, too. We we try to all uh, participate and hear the good stories and hope, pass them on to you because uh, I think that's how we, we stay up in the world, even when there's so much going on that feels like it's heavy. So, Jimmy Dean, what do you have for us today in the good news department? Well, I know we, it was basically a health theme show tonight, but I really do want to do this uplifting story because it's, it's really heartwarming. And these are two women uh, who were co-workers initially at a local children's hospital in Atlanta. They became friends. And uh, their names are Tia Wimbush and Susan Ellis, and they have actually not one but two things in common. Number one, their husbands, named Rodney and Lance, both need a kidney donation. They're both looking for donations. Anyway, they met one day in a restroom in September. While they were working, they were crossing paths, and they were having a conversation. And somehow this led one thing to another about the kidney donations, and then it got to the subject of blood types. Guess what? They're a match. They're a blood match. I don't know what that blood type is. But despite the fact that a health official at one of the hospitals says they're immunologically incompatible, they're able to do this kidney donation for their husbands all together. I'm talking all four of them, the wife and the husband. Oh so so this, both wives are able to do it for the husbands. Yes, they did. And here's what happened. Oh, my gosh. Seven months later at a local hospital in Atlanta, not the children's hospital, they successfully performed all four surgeries together. Uh, they did so well. And needless to say, they are linked forever. You talk about blood is thicker than water. That's saying these two, as a result of these donations, are now linked together. They are truly one family for becoming one because of this wonderful opportunity they had to not only save their husband's lives, but enrich their own. 
Oh, wow. What a coincidence, huh? That it, it's that talk about being in the right place at the right time with mm-hmm. the right people. And I often think um, back to the interview that we had um, with the gentleman of, of God and love on Route 80 talking about synchronicity. I mean, well, the odds of these two women working together and having the same issue and being both able to help their husbands. You kind of think that sometimes there's just a guiding hand, a divine sort of destiny to things, and all in a good way. That's wonderful. Great. Thank you so much, Jimmy. What else do you have? Well, we're going to talk about a 17-year-old Huntsville, Alabama kid who just got accepted into the Air Force Academy. He's going to be flying high uh, this fall. But before he does that, uh, his name, by the way, is uh, Kieran Moise. He grew his hair out. Remember those 70s afros that were very common back in the day? Well, he, uh, anyway, he grew it out and decided before he goes to the academy, what's the first thing they usually do? The hair is gone, right? Well, he's kind of taken to the step in the right direction because he's trying to uh, help find money uh, to help cancer victims uh, through a place called, we're all familiar with, St. Jude Hospital. I think we may have talked about this on this show, the one founded by the great Danny Thomas. Anyway, he had 19 inches of this afro, and for each inch, it was $1,000 they cut it, so he raised about $39,000 for St. Jude. And I'll tell you what inspired him to do it. There's that magic word again, ladies and gentlemen and everybody. He was inspired because a friend of his in middle school died from cancer. So he thought, why not do this? I'm going to lose my hair anyway when I go to the Air Force Academy. So he decided to make that, and he raised double the amount that he hoped to get. Everybody just rallied around him. That is amazing. And like <laughs> $39,000. $39, wow. For an afro. It, it's kind of like um, locks of love, you know, how yes. they, people cut their hair. And it, it, that's not for money, but it does go into making wigs for cancer patients. I, I once worked too. for a nonprofit where my sister was many years ago in Connecticut, and uh, we did something uh, with a hair salon, uh, locks for uh, kids with autism a long time. It raised about, I think, $3,000. It was really great. It was about mm. 2013. So this kind of reminds me of that. Mm. Well, I think that maybe we might start a GoFundMe project for for Bob. We could get him a wig. (laughs) Not for medical reasons. No. No, no, of course not. (laughs) Just for the fun of it. I am just kidding. That's the fun of it. Bob, you've had the same hair or non-hair since I met you. Yeah. (laughs) You haven't changed at all, In my 20s is when I lost it. You look exactly the same. I didn't lose any more after that. You look exactly the same like I did when I came in 88. Really, you've not changed. Well, yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe No, it's good. It's good. All right, it's good. I think it's a great thing. <laughs> you don't need any more hair. You're perfect just the way you are. I Thank love you. it. Well, and you, Jimmy, you don't have a single gray hair. And Yet. I'm not going to divulge how old you are, but it's quite remarkable. Um, yeah. That and thank you, really Balance amazing. of Nature, for helping me, by the way. I'm help, keeping me healthy. Thank you, too. You know what's funny? I remember Dr. Howard, who makes Balance of Nature, or he formulated the Balance of Nature fruits and veggies in a capsule. And he told a story of somebody um, who called into the company and said that their husband had been taking it and actually his hair had been gray and it turned back to its natural color. I I mean, that's... Wow. Isn't that interesting? I told my health coach, they said, why do you look so young? And I said, I wonder if this helps with hair color because... I mean, for my age, I mean, as you said, I mean, I just, it looks like I never aged a second. Maybe this helps with that. I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, what can't good nutrition do? I mean, it really, good nutrition can change a lot of things. But that was one story that he told me. I I was really floored by that, but interesting. And on that note, Bob Small, Jimmy Dean, Jim Clefield, thank you so much for always ending the show on such a high note. I appreciate you guys. 
and uh, enjoy your summer. Keep enjoying it because six months from now, we'll be looking back on how warm and how wonderful we were <laughs> and wishing that we still were. But anyway, thank you so much. And for everybody listening to The Way Home, uh, tune in every week. And always, you can find our podcasts at WLSAM.com and WGCH.com. I'm Laura Smith. Lots of love to you.